0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the One Talk Podcast. you here with your host, Ryan McCarthy. Today we're joined by Kit Tomlinson. Kit is a naturopath and an absolute wealth of knowledge. Like on this episode, we went so deep on so many important topics that I feel like personally the world needs to hear. And some of the topics that we talked about was um, foods that cause inflammation in the brain and the body and how they can bring negative side effects to our life and our overall well-being and health. So things like sugars, uh, seed oils and trans fat, processed foods and preservatives, and gluten as well. We go on a deep dive on all of those things and it it brings so much awareness around inflammation in the body and the brain and why we need to be cautious of the foods and even the liquids that we consume. We also touch on nutrient deficiencies within the body. So these are some of the most common deficiencies we see in humans. So we touched deeply on B1, B6, B9, B12, magnesium, vitamin D, iron. And we also touched on genetic issues, MTHFR. And I can give like an overall basis right now, but I feel like I won't do it justice, this episode just speaks for itself with the amount of knowledge within it. So I highly recommend just soak all of this in and just enjoy it, but also make sure you take something away from this episode that you can implement into your life to start seeing differences and changes and start seeing yourself evolve. And another news, if you could please share this podcast around. It helps us get this message out there to a larger audience. It helps this podcast grow and in return, you know, it helps me a lot, but it helps just getting this information out there to people, helps getting this free resource and information out there and reach a larger audience. So if you could do that for me, it would mean a lot. If you could leave a rating as well, it would mean so much too. But without further ado, let's welcome Kit. Welcome Kit. How are you going?
1: good thank you
0: how are you i'm well thank you thanks for joining us today i um i was very interested in the topics I'm going to touch on today and when i found yourself and the work that you do very informative but also very inspiring to see that this message is getting put out there because i feel like all of this information is important for people to understand mm, and thank to learn. you yeah it's yeah. a pleasure to be here yeah i'd love to start with like what is it that you do, just to help myself and the audience understand more, and also I'd like to find out why you got into this type of work in the first place as well?
1: Sure, yes. So, cool. I am a naturopath. Um, I currently work in a clinic in Tweed Head, um, and I have a special interest in chronic conditions, so autoimmunity, um, gut health, um, and mental health. And I, yeah, see a lot of clients every week and just, yeah, help them with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And what made you want to get into this type of work to be able to be a service to the world?
1: Yes, that's my, my big why yeah. um, is, well, as a child, I had a lot of um, physical and mental health issues. And um, I wasn't getting any results the mainstream sort of allopathic medicine I was a bit stuck in a cycle of um, just getting kind of worse so taking like for instance like antibiotics and then that destroying my gut health and getting yeah. really sick and run down and just being stuck in this loop and I even from a young age I kind of had this um, intuitive knowing that like herbs would probably help me my mum had a herb garden and I started like looking into it and experimenting with just the culinary herbs that she had and I sort of yeah started to feel um, their effect and I really wanted to see a naturopath but there was quite a financial barrier and there is quite a financial barrier to it so I wasn't able to um, and so I just decided that I'd teach myself yeah. <laughs> and so I tried to yeah throughout my teen years and then um, I went on to study it and become a naturopath so I really am passionate about helping people um and it's particularly those with a financial barrier so I do a bit of community work as Mm. well and um I I always have this thought where I'm like I wish I knew now what I knew like uh, back then um because I would just save myself so much time and suffering (laughs) (laughs) so I want to sort of spare people that who are sort of at a dead end with their chronic health issues and um to start getting like real sustainable lasting change so Mm. Yeah, that's, that's my big driver is having experienced to this, like, suffering and then also the magic of nutrition and herbal medicine and then, um, yeah, just wanting to share that and help people. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's beautiful to see when you go through your own trials and tribulations but then want to use that experience to um, acquire knowledge to want to give back to people. Mm-hmm. I feel like people that are in community service or in the line of helping people, usually they have their own background of their own um, trials yes. and tribulations through life and they want to give back. So I feel like, you know, having the evidence-based experience but also having the personal experience mm. is very um, valuable in this yes, industry.
1: definitely. I had a, um, a supervisor at uni um, mm-hmm. when we were in the clinic subjects and learning how to take consults. And she was also an astrologer. Yeah. And she would always say to us, like, what is your Chiron? And Chiron is a planet, but it's also Greek mythology Um, And it's about a wounded healer. And so you should always ask us, what is your Chiron? Because that is the clientele that you will attract. And um, I would notice that that the girls who kind of got into um, naturopathy to like heal their skin would attract a lot of like acne patients or um, women who would got into it from struggling with fertility would attract those sort of um, patients as well. And then for me, you know, I I get a lot of chronic (laughs) health (laughs) clients and people struggling with their mental health. And, um, because that is my, my wound that I have healed. And now that's me as the wounded healer, like helping others. So, um, yeah, it's definitely like that lived experience creates a really deep sense of empathy because you get it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. That's so
0: interesting. Is it called Chiron? Chiron. Yeah. Yeah, Chiron. Yeah. It makes sense because I've seen that with my line of work over Mm. the years. Like I always have attracted who I used to be or parts of myself that I've healed I think when I, it helps me when I do work with people because it helps me somewhat understand, like I know everyone has their own experiences and personality, but you can kind of get a base understanding of what's happening so you can find what angle to support them from mm-hmm. as well.
1: Definitely. Yeah. 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 And what what
0: age did this actually start for you? Like how old were
1: you? Um, so I I had a random hospitalization around the age of 10 mm-hmm. and they never worked out what was wrong with me, but I was never quite right since then. And then I I got really sick when I was 13 um, with glandular fever and I had to take a year off school. And that's when I first started, like, looking in my mum's herb garden and, like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, reading books. But it wasn't until I was 19 um, that I started studying naturopathy. But I had to stop after a year because I was, yeah, I was just too unwell um, and had to go on, like, a big (laughs) healing journey myself before I was ready to actually study. Um, And then so, yeah, I finished my degree um at the end of 2021 so yeah a couple of years ago now yeah yeah um and I've been very driven and passionate ever since yeah
0: (laughs) I can tell and with um naturopath especially when you first started to understand it and study it was a bit of like why is this not more known in the world Mm. like what was the first things that came up for you when you first started studying it
1: Definitely. Um, yeah. So much about nutrition. I think we have a very, like, you know, we, I don't know if you, you remember this from a child, but Healthy Harold. Yeah. Like, I remember Healthy Harold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of get like the basic pyramid, food pyramid of the foods that you should eat most and then least. Um, and so that's like a good kind of like foundation. But um, most naturopaths that I speak to, we we really tweak that pyramid and yeah. it looks very different. And, um, and also understanding like, exactly how the foods we eat impact us Mm. um but then also yeah like as preventative medicine that's when um, naturopathy really shines because there's so much you can do with herbs as well that um just prevent you from getting to burnout or prevent your immune system getting really depleted um and it's so it saves you money in the long run because you're not having all these hospital bills um or going to your gp heaps um and getting sort of these band-aid solutions that just yeah. give you like a, sort of like a slight reprieve and then you go back to your old diet and lifestyle habits and get sick again. So yeah. it's just sort of, yes, yeah, I'm real getting the basics right about like our diet, our lifestyle, our sleep, sunshine, all these things that are so important to health and um yet they're not talked about enough, I don't think. And also stress, you know, we live in a very stressful modern age and mm. we're not really taught how to appropriately deal with that <laughs> 100 so, percent, and it feels yeah. like the stress is
0: getting added by the year uh-huh. as and well
1: it just has a huge effect on the body like just drives inflammation like crazy which yeah. is you know the foundation of so much illness so yeah. yeah yeah
0: and like on a personal note the reason why i'm very keen to understand more about nutrition specifically and naturopath even herbs as well because like growing up for a life you know playing sports and then um going to the gym doing ice baths doing saunas Mm. i think i'm doing all the right Mm. things Mm. but my nutrition (laughs) has like hasn't been stable to the point where it's been beneficial to me Mm. and it made me realize like i can do all these other things but i'm not taking care of the thing that actually fuels me yes then what's the point like not what's the point like it's still important to do all those other things but it's like I need to get the baseline fixed first. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people may feel like they can relate to that.
1: Yes, definitely. And and the, the reverse is true as well. Like I know a lot of, I see a lot of clients actually, like, their diets are quite great they're mm. like putting in so much good stuff into their body, but their lifestyle is shocking. You know, they're just stressed up to their eyeballs and just yeah. like not sleeping enough and um, not exercising enough and just not like relaxing and socializing and experiencing, you know, peace and love and joy, <laughs> all these like important things for being a human and, Um, so it's all yeah all that about that balance you know we have to have all these elements that are so integral to wellness we need to just look after them like Mm -hmm. a little bit every day make sure am I getting fresh air have I eaten something healthy you know am I hydrated all those little things just to make sure that our um, overall experience is balanced and harmonized because yeah you lean one way and something else has got to give
0: yeah yeah and especially because um like food and even like liquid is basically energy for Mm -hmm. us for output Mm -hmm. like what we input is output and it's like it shows how what you input sometimes can actually make you feel exhausted make you feel fatigued even though it's meant to be for fuel Mm -hmm. they can actually do the reverse effect of what you want to do yes yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah so the you know food is either a medicine or a poison and it's the dose as well so yeah we have to be mindful of that
0: yeah 100% and going back to the herbs because I'm interested in this because you said something about um, how it helps with immune Mm -hmm. so what's the best way for someone to educate themselves about herbs and their benefits
1: yeah oh there's so many great books as well there's there's a book that I think is really great for us here in Australia. Um, it's by an author, Isabel Shippard, and she wrote this beautiful book, How to Use Herbs in Your Everyday Life. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Yeah. And it not only tells you, like, how to grow the herb, but it gives you the history, the folklore, and then the medicinal uses. Um, so getting, like, a cute little book like that is a great way to start yeah. because also, like, a lot of it is easy to, like, grow or just easy to access from your health food store. Um But tea, herbal tea, Mm -hmm. is a really simple way to just get um, herbs into your life every day. So I drink all different teas Mm -hmm. every day depending on, uh, you know, how I'm feeling. So I'll do a little check-in and then it's like, oh, I should probably, you know, detoxify a little bit because I might have been a bit slack with my diet the last few days. So there's like um, beautiful herbs that are great for detoxification like dandelion, which grows Mm -hmm. everywhere. The root of the dandelion herb is so wonderful for helping our liver um detoxify as well as create bile to help us digest our food and Mm. yeah and there's so many beautiful blends as well in a health food store you can have a look and they usually have a name like brain power or (laughs) detoxification or sleepy time or something (laughs) like that so you can have a different herb at every part of the day and that's a wonderful way to really get it into your life Um, and in regards to immunity i've noticed and rightfully so a good trend at the moment um popularity of um, medicinal mushrooms Mm. and they are phenomenal Uh, i have them every day as well and they're just yeah they make me just feel so much more resilient Mm. and adaptable particularly to like season changes um as it gets colder you know sometimes that's when you get more sick because you maybe not as used to rugging up and you get a little bit too cold and you get run down but there's an um the mushrooms kind of give you a nice buffer to that so like you got a little bit more resilience and they just keep your immune system primed and ready and yeah (laughs) Yeah. so i've seen
0: a lot of people actually supplementing the uh, mushrooms Mm. like i see it everywhere at the Mm -hmm. moment and i think um they create and they can support cognitive function as well Yeah, yeah the
1: lion's mane mushroom is phenomenal there's um there's quite a few studies on it actually in particularly in regards to Alzheimer's. Mm. So they've shown that it, um, they kind of rate all the different symptoms of Alzheimer's, like in physical abilities, mental capabilities, um, memory and recall and all these things. And it improved the scores of all those different things after, I think it was like two weeks of supplementation. Um, it's really great It like, it actually helps to reconnect like neural pathways and connections and, um, protect your, um, membrane around your cells so yeah lion's mane is phenomenal like that yeah. <laughs> and also for us without alzheimer's like it's great for memory and recall and concentration so yeah yeah And I
0: also hair there's a great thing for use to support with depression as well mm-hmm. yes yeah
1: because yeah, any of these herbs that and and uh, mushrooms that increase um blood flow to the brain um they're going to be bringing nutrients and they're going to be helping that those synapses where the neuro um chemicals and and transmitters are connecting and pathways are flowing and you want to make sure that it's all active and sparking correctly you know yeah. because that can particularly if you've suffered something like depression for a really long time those um those pathways that serotonin travels through can just they're so um inactive that they begin to just die off and it's yeah you, these and like mushrooms help us keep those pathways alive and well so yeah it's really great. <laughs> do you use the
0: drops or they use that for tea as well? Like the herbs. Um,
1: yeah. I actually haven't tried the drops. I know there's a, a couple of good brands that um local ones that have like tinctures. Hmm. I've used um powders. There's also some great brands that have like powders and I just make like yeah a hot drink out of
0: them. Yeah. Um,
1: they're pretty mild tasting so yeah, yeah I don't notice
0: I, it. Yeah because <laughs> I had um I saw on Instagram a mushroom based coffee as well Mm -hmm. like caffeine yeah Yeah. yeah. do you know much about that or like (laughs) Um, caffeine and mushrooms mixed
1: i'm not sure i think it's a way to uh, because like bulletproof coffee has been a big trend as well where you add like fat into your coffee and that's like to sustain the energy release
0: that when people put like a teaspoon of butter in it yeah yeah
1: yeah, butter or ghee or something like that and um and then by adding in uh, a mush like mushrooms into that it's just kind of also going to have that like effect on your concentration and focus yeah. and like not having these big spikes and drops in energy so I think it's probably more along that line but it's also a little bit trendy so. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: it's just um yeah it's just doing the research and understanding mm. of what you're actually putting into yourself because I think we can see so many things on the baseline mm. and see someone else doing it and think it's healthy but do you think it's more so different things work for different people or mm. it's more generalized
1: no definitely um very like a very big thing for naturopaths is that it's it's treat the whole person the individual in front of you um because everybody has completely different like life experience and medical health history and for instance like I got glandular fever at 13 and it totaled me like I couldn't get out of the bed for at least six months um whereas you know another kid in the grade got it and they're fine they're back at school the next week and Mm -hmm. so it's like why are our bodies reacting so differently so we ha- really have to ask that why and um explore that and um actually like through studying i've learned so much about myself um on a genetic level i think that's something that um we that is something that i th- i do think mainstream medical um doctors don't talk about enough is like mm. genetic mutations and variants that uh, like a lot of people have um like for my for instance myself i have um, MTHFR gene mutation, so that greatly affects the way that I'm able to metabolize um, folate and B12, yep. and so that affects so many things like detoxification, my neurotransmitter synthesis, um, how I clear histamine out of my body, all these things that that would definitely set me back in yeah. being able to deal with something like a virus. So, yeah, I do think that should be definitely explored more in the mainstream medicine because. Um, it affects about 30% of the population. They have this gene mutation and, um, yeah, well, now that I know about it, I know how to help those pathways in my body to, like, work. So now I I don't feel affected by it. But there's so many people who have this mutation who aren't, um, yeah, taking the right sort of supplements to support their body and they're just Mm. wondering why they're not getting well and they're stuck in these poor health um, cycles. So... Yeah, individual definitely. We really want to um, tailor it to yeah, yeah. Because
0: with the genetic mutation, like, how can someone begin to like identify what's going on within them? Like, who should they go see? What do they, what should um, they do?
1: I I know that there are some doctors who do the testing, but it's usually not a priority. Like that's after they've done a lot of different other kind of tests. Where, um, for instance, if you see a naturopath, it's usually more of a priority for us because. That's a real integral puzzle piece in how we would go forward and treat. Um, so, um, yeah, the test to um, check for that is uh, just a little like saliva DNA test. Right. Um, so, yeah, naturopaths can prescribe that. And I have had a client yeah. before that like the doctor has prescribed for them, but it was they were at the end of the road and they were trying to like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> figure out what's going on with this. Um, yeah, what this person's health. So. Um, is probably the best way to go
0: yeah awesome and um because saying that as well especially with doctors i'm not saying doctors are bad i'm just saying that maybe the education and what their push to do is not really as open as it should be and like i'm going to speak what i spoke to you about before the podcast like when i felt like brain fog i felt exhausted out of nowhere and I felt like a bit, I wouldn't say irritable, but I just felt a bit like on edge all the time. Mm-hmm. So I went to the doctor and spoke to them about it. And he was trying to prescribe me with anxiety and support mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But then I asked him if I could get bloods done first to see if I was deficient in anything. And then at 10, I was deficient in B12. And then I started to supplement B12 and started to implement more foods of B12 in it. And I saw all those things that I was struggling with slowly disappear within about two to four weeks. And then I was like, I'm glad I didn't, you know, just yeah. take the first bit of advice and jump on anxiety medication. Yes, I'm glad yes. I did further investigation. So, definitely. yeah, I just wanted to say that. Just Absolutely.
1: A, and also, um, I really do believe in, in naturopaths staying in their own lane as well. Like, uh, if you, you know, we need doctors, we yeah. need um, surgeons. Like, they are lifesavers um, and definitely, yeah, have so much respect there. Um, but we do have strengths and weaknesses. And mm. so, yeah, I do feel like sometimes there can be – Overprescribing prescribing and under-prescribing um, with doctors, um, whereas naturopaths, because we're very holistic, we will look at all the different body systems. And, you know, we're spending like an hour and a half with you as opposed to like 10, 15 minutes you get with your GP. Yeah. So we have that time to really um, look at your whole body and go, okay, there's a little red flag, there's a little red flag. That makes me think that we should investigate and do this kind of testing. Whereas the doctor so time short and they're very, yeah, it's very reductionist model. So um, they're just sort of looking at the criteria and seeing where you fit and going, oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's the conclusion they come to very quickly. So um, a, a marriage of both, it's so great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's
0: great Like, because I think like, getting a second opinion on anything is great, like no matter what it is, if you've got a health concern. It's like speaking to a doctor and speaking to a naturopath and then coming to your own conclusion of what you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the best things you can do. Absolutely, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And uh, like I'm a big advocate as well for – if it's within your means, like having as many practitioners as possible, like seeing massage therapists and kinesiologists and, you know, combining your somatic like release and healing with your nutritional stuff with, um, you know, CBT and like yeah. all, all of this stuff combined because we are not just little molecules, like we are also spirit and energy and um, we, we're just... Yeah, so many different factors that we need to be addressed to get to true health. So,
0: yeah, I'm talking about kinesiology. That's awesome because mm-hmm. I had a kinesiologist on this podcast maybe about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And sh- before the podcast, she wanted to do a kinesiology session with me so I can understand what it feels like and then come with a podcast yeah. and talk about it. That was mind blown about. Yeah. <laughs> <how It's> so <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I was like, I didn't understand what it was for years. I was very kind of like, Oh, it sounds a bit woo woo. <laughs> like yeah. what are they doing? But, um, I work alongside a kinesiologist now and she's just explained so much to me and I'm just like, yeah, mesmerized by the process and I've experienced as well. Um, actually, cause I do suffer, suffer from allergies a bit. Yeah. And, Kinesiology has been the thing that's probably helped me the most with that. Yeah. Ironically, like I was, I'm, I'm so baffled by that. But I think when you have something chronic like allergies or an autoimmune or whatever, um, you'll inevitably be emotionally affected by that, and mm. it's gonna like store that negative emotion in your body. So kinesiology yeah. is so great in like releasing that and identifying it, and yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, especially <laughs>
0: with movement as well and getting it out the body. One thing I learned from that was to, if I ever feel moments where I'm anxious, I'm not an anxious person, but, you know, I'm mm. human. I have moments where things make me feel anxious. I move my body around. Mm. Like, I just move my arms and, like, you know, feel like I'm shifting energy. I know this sounds woo-woo, but yeah. for me, you know, that works and it helps. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, cause, yeah we, we have, like, also, yeah, just from, from movement, you're going to be pumping your blood, getting yeah. more oxygen to your brain and, like, yeah, yeah. all these little physiological reactions that we have that we can't disregard (laughs) great and flow (laughs) yeah yeah
0: um before we move on to like the um nutrition stuff Mm -hmm. like i was like talking about this stuff i'd like to talk about if you did go on like a spiritual journey at all. yeah because like if you asked me about three years ago about Mm -hmm. anything to do with spirituality i would have been i was that type of person where i just i wouldn't listen to you then i had my own experience And now I'm probably yeah, I'm so woo-woo in that sense now like (laughs) (laughs) I
1: I'm very woo-woo, but um almost not by choice. Yeah. In the fact that um like as a child I would say that like I was very open, probably too open, like spiritually open. I would see spirits all the time, I would have premonitions and they would come true and Mm. I was kind of like I freaked out the family a little bit. (laughs) And I realized that it was like a it was it was a bit scary and it was a little bit, like, not normal. So I learned to sort of suppress it. Um, and I and I do think as well that, that that was kind of part of my mental health problems as well, is being, like, quite um, deeply, like, misunderstood. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I was, I think I was about eight and I was diagnosed with um, PTSD as well. Yeah. So I struggled a lot with, like, mental health from that age. And then in my teen years got like I was quite depressed as a child, but then it just went really bad as a teenager. And that's why when I was nineteen and I started studying um, naturopathy and I was like, I really want to learn this, but I, I just can't. Like I'm at rock bottom here. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, something's gotta give. And by a series of like <laughs> divine intervention, I actually ended up in the peruvian amazon and (laughs) i was only meant to be there for two weeks on a retreat i wanted to try a lot of different um plant medicines to try and help heal my body and my mind Um, and then after the two weeks there i um uh the the shaman Mm -hmm. who ran the retreat they said to me well i said to them i feel like i i'm just scratching the surface i've got a little bit more work to do here in healing And they said to me, oh, well, actually, I've noticed that you have a very natural way with the plants and and the spirits. Um, Would you like to be my apprentice? Oh, well. (laughs) And so I was like, I feel like this is something that probably only happens once in your life. So I should probably say yes. (laughs) Um, So I ended up living there for nine months. And that was intensely spiritual um, and intensely, uh, like, life-changing. Like, it's definitely, like... Pre jungle kit and post jungle oh, yeah. kit, like the, it's a very like it was very transformational and um and it really healed my mental health issues and um and kind of really set the foundation for me to be able to live my life in a much more like free way and pursue things. So when I got back, then I went into studying and I was you know yeah. I could do it and I had enough um self esteem and like just sort of a, enough self-belief and groundedness to really like follow through on things because I was pretty much like tapping out before that like I was yeah in a really bad place um so that was profound and I've definitely reconnected back into that childhood openness that I've sort of suppressed so now I feel very (laughs) spiritually (laughs) connected and I have very full-on dreams every night and I always feel like um yeah my like ancestors and spirits around me all the time so yeah i'm very (laughs) weird but i'm also like very um i do love the science of what i do as well so i like to have a good balance because i think living in this culture um we speak the language of science and i and i'm i'm really big on connecting with people so i want to connect with people so i like to have a scientific language as well to be able to talk to people, but usually it's also one in the same, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I like to flick between the two. <laughs>
0: well, nine months, that's unbelievable.
1: Oh, yeah, it was it was a lot. I'd yeah. like to um,
0: ask a couple of questions about sure, that journey. I'm very yeah. interested. Absolutely. Like, what was some of the um, key things that you learned there to help you overcome any mental health challenges mm. that you were facing?
1: Oh, I would say it <laughs> the, the most profound thing was realizing that I was stronger than I thought, mm. and I and I say that because we would have ceremonies twice a week, and these were the most intense experiences. I, I don't think I'll ever experience anything as intense as this, and um, constantly for about like eight hours, just experiencing death, really, mm. d- wait, dying over and over again, and realizing that I could face the most. Terrifying things in the world and death and all of this stuff, and I would always come through and I could put myself through it again and I could just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized just how mentally resilient I was. I'd never given myself credit for that, and I'd always felt like there was something inherently flawed with me. Yeah. Um. And then realizing that like I actually have a lot of gifts and uh, a lot of strength. Um. So it wasn't anything like there was a lot of people who would have these, wham bow like. Bright, colorful, vivid like experiences that would be really like they could really point to like you know an angel came to me or something. I never had that, but it was just this learning how much I could really rely on myself and fall back on myself and like come through it. It was, Mm. it was, yeah, not what I thought I'd get out of out of it, but it's exactly what I needed. Yeah, do you feel (laughs) like
0: it was a connection to self you were seeking?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think um, I think I realized that before i went there that i'd been quite terrified of myself Mm. for my whole life and probably to do with being a little like wednesday adams sort of child as well (laughs) do you think uh, that's also with the
0: labels people put on you as well absolutely yeah
1: yeah definitely there was yeah there was a lot put on me and also like if you have um like trauma and depression and anxiety as a child like kids see and sense that and they're like there's something spooky about this kid (laughs) and um and so I definitely always felt very isolated and that there was something wrong with me. So that was kind of like being reflected to me a little bit. And then, um, yeah, I felt like I don't really want to look inside because mm. everybody else seems to be a bit scared of it. And so there's probably some scary monsters in there. <laughs> but then when I did uh, in the jungle, I just took the lid off and like I stuck a torch down there. And I was like, oh, nothing, It's nothing that scary, yeah, actually. Wow. And the things that are scary, they just need to be witnessed mm. and then like released and then like it's fine <laughs> um so yeah that was that was really really healing um and really enlightening so yeah now I feel like I I know myself so much more and I'm not I'm not nothing really faces me anymore yeah. <laughs> like when I yeah I don't get scared very easily anymore which is really nice because I feel like I used to be such a scaredy cat yeah. <laughs>
0: if you feel like up until that moment and when you had that experience within that nine months the you feel like that's where you found the most peace as well in a piece um
1: no No. (laughs) ironically um there was definitely such intense moments of bliss and peace Mm. but it's a really full-on environment to be in and particularly in an apprentice role the expectations that are put on you are very like um you you have to you can't like the people that are coming there just for like a couple of weeks they're very much just enjoying themselves and this but i'm I'm there as like a co-facilitator in a way, so I have to be very switched on, and I have to be really aware of the energies and spirits in the room. And um, yeah, it was it was a lot. But when I came back to Australia and I really grounded myself, which took a while because I spent a lot of time yeah. like in the astral realm. <laughs> um, so once I was like very grounded again, that's when I felt immense peace because I was like, oh, I, I, I. The contrast of being in such an in- intense environment with so much transformation and then just this serene peace like I came back and I just did um permaculture for a year and just gardening every day and being just really living really simply and I felt yeah I felt just so much gratitude And it was such a contrast to feeling so much sort of sadness and depression every day and then to just coming back and just feeling so inspired and yeah (laughs) and calm and peace and yeah yeah so that was, that, like, now, my life now is probably the most peaceful it's been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. Was it like
0: a, um, like, when you first made a decision, was it a bit of a culture shock, too? Like, coming from Australia, mm. saying, going to, is it like an Amazon? Yeah. Book?
1: Yeah. Um, I, it wasn't too bad because I'd been to India before, and yeah. that was a bit of a culture shock. Yeah. Um, I kind of threw myself in, like, I traveled India by myself when I was uh, 18, um, which I don't recommend. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was I was pretty um, scared a lot of the time. Um, and then so going to the Amazon, I went with a friend initially. Um, and so, yeah, it felt kind of like breezy. The only thing I regret is that I didn't learn more Spanish beforehand because I mm. didn't expect to stay there that long. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was trying as I was there, but a lot of us um, in the retreat like spoke English. So, yeah, but it would have been nice to be able to communicate more with the locals. Um yeah, I think that's important if you go to another country to not just demand that everybody speaks your language. Yeah, so I just, I just yeah. went to
0: Europe and I travelled, like specifically Italy, I had to try and like learn as much as mm. I can on Duolingo, <laughs> to, like order my coffee and, you know, get all my stuff sorted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That
1: green owl is so demanding. Yeah, literally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's such an interesting story and I feel like, yeah, there could be like a whole other episode oh, on yeah. that because Probably. so much. Like do you feel like going from there, coming back to Australia, starting... Um, and finishing naturopathy and getting mm. this type of work. Do you feel like it really helped you understand, like just people on a deeper level? Definitely. Because there's yes. so many energies getting shifted in those ceremonies, yes. situations. Like I've been to a few retreats myself, mm-hmm. probably not anything as deep as that, but I can tell how much energy is shifted in those rooms Mm they align nine months of it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
1: absolutely and I think in a way I I don't know if I can say it's exactly similar but I have sort of watched documentaries before where people have near-death experiences and um when they come out of it they live their life in a very different way and Mm -hmm. it's like you kind of almost you zoomed out a little bit you know and so your ego is dissolved a little bit and then so when you kind of come back into your body and you're you're living your human life things that used to feel so stressful or overwhelming or you know the inter- uh, um relationships you have with people like are always so like intense and like but when you've had those experiences it's kind of like you just see how connected everything is yeah. and you have that real like um, you can kind of see why people behave the way they do and you have compassion for it rather than yeah. putting up a wall or you know othering people it's very much like yeah you have that zoomed out lens that's yeah, yeah much more of a compassionate and one view, yeah view of everything so yeah yeah it's <laughs>
0: awesome because i relate with that because i had a somewhat near-death experience mm-hmm. um i've had a couple actually in these <laughs> in these retreats but then i haven't had any, any since like for, for a while so that's mm-hmm. good it's been more peaceful and enjoyable but the first year i went to there must have been a lot of things i had to shift mm-hmm. and one of the first ones i remember was um like, I went through this massive, like, deep rabbit hole. And at the end of it, there was two parts of me. So there was me, who I am now, mm. um, standing on the edge of a cliff holding a rope. And at the hanging over the edge was the old me or another part of me holding on to the mm. rope. And he's begging me to pull him up. And I saw that as me trying to keep my unhealed self yeah. in my life and trying to keep my past self and yeah. afraid to let that go. Yeah. And then in that moment, I remember I just dropped the rope. Mm. And then when I came out of that experience, I remember for probably about for the next three months, I was just, I wouldn't say disassociated, but I was just felt like I was just like walking on there. Yeah. Like three <laughs> yeah. months. Like I just felt com- like completely strange. And then a couple like after that three months, I went to another event, did another breath work, sound bowling. It was like a Tibetan healing one. And I came out of it and I felt fine. I, it was like a, it was like me floating through space and like seeing things from different perspective. And then, and then about an hour after i got out of it i felt fine i started sweating i felt nauseous and i saw a purge and vomiting ended up in hospital because i was just so dehydrated and after that that was like me connecting back into my body and ever since then like life has just been great and the reason i mentioned that is because i know when we go into the realm of spirituality but then we have to somehow function in real life too or what Mm -hmm. real life is (laughs) like how do you find the balance of being connected to yourself but also still being in a mode where you have to function in like the modern world
1: yeah <laughs> it's really hard and I'm still trying to get that balance for sure because I, I can sometimes well definitely in that year I swung way hard <laughs> one <laughs> way and then when I was studying at Shopee, I was definitely swung the other way like just being so head hidden book academic all the time mm. um, but I think for me it's it's finding sort of the things that do make me feel connected to it. So like nature is my number one, like nature is like church for me. (laughs) So that's where I feel like I can really quickly and really easily sink in to myself and then also expand my awareness to the beautiful environment around me and animals Mm. and spirits and things like that. Um, And I also love to observe the seasons and and um, moon cycles as well, and do like little sort of personal like ceremonies as that, like that, and also like maybe meet up with a few other like pagans or whatever, yeah. <laughs> and do things like that. That for me is a way to like really, um, yeah, do it. But I I feel like I know like I'll get to this point where I'm like I'll catch myself. Maybe I'll be scrolling on my phone, and I'm like, I feel so like just like a robot right yeah. now, <laughs> and I need to do something about this and say. Yeah, having dogs is great because yeah. they like, make you get outside. <laughs> they make you present. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'll go for a walk with her. and um, Yeah, it's some just simple things like that. But I make sure I do it, like, if not every day, every second day because otherwise I start to not feel like myself. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah.
0: I saw you post on your Instagram about earthing, so, yeah, like, connecting yeah. to the earth. Mm-hmm. And, like, something I relate to, like, when I'm out in nature, I just feel so connected. Yeah. Um, like, in the bush, yeah. But mm-hmm. for me, it's more so, like, on the beach. Like, if I'm on sand and ocean, I just feel like, yeah, I feel like I just zone out from the world yeah. and I just connect to myself. Is it one or the other for you or do you, is it just oh, anywhere you go? Anywhere, Everywhere? anywhere in nature. Like, yeah. I
1: noticed that as well, that, like, sometimes I'm not a great tourist, like, when I've traveled to other countries because they're like, I want to show you this beautiful ancient cathedral. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that's amazing. But I really want to go check out those mountains. Like, yeah. I just need to – like, I just love the countryside and um, being immersed in it. And I feel like – speaking of being a bit woo-woo like i feel like often like the land you know like the rocks and the soil like they hold so much memory and i love to just sit and like feel that and like yeah i feel like i'm part of that story yeah so yeah anywhere and i love and in, in in regards to earthing like um yeah when you're in the ocean or you've got your bare feet on soil or sand um you're getting those negative ions coming into your body so if if I've been wearing shoes all day and I've been at the computer, I'm going to be getting washed in like positive ions, which make you feel frazzled and like disconnected. Um, and so that's why, like, often when people talk about that first dive under the waves. Like yeah. you just feel like it washes off because it's literally those negative ions just <laughs> bathing you and like getting yeah neutralizing those positive ions you've collected through yeah being a little tech robot in front of the screen. So yeah, I any anything like that, I'll just. Indulge in <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I was, I was just i was keen to ask that question because i talked about another podcast mm. like balancing the spiritual and like the materialistic mm. world mm. and trying to find the one with the other mm. i feel like no matter what we're going always oh, we have moments where we pull into one more mm. than the other but then it's just having that reminder mm. to bring us back to base and then yes you no know.
1: and also like being of service to others that mm. makes me feel very connected to like my higher purpose and and like spiritual side Um, and I feel very fortunate that that is my line of work so I can kind of feel yeah like I can tap into that and sometimes I'll catch myself maybe I'm feeling a bit stressed out at work because I've got a lot of you know paperwork to do or like this is a really complex case and I really want to do well and I start putting that pressure and then I just take a moment and I connect back to that purpose of that like well I'm just here to be like to almost in a way remove the responsibility on me and my ego and I'm like I'm here to just be a, a channel for healing and like to allow um this person's like health journey to progress and like stop being so like yeah focused in the stress and anxiety and the worry and just like I'm always giving 100 percent, I'm always doing the best to my best of my abilities and um and like I'll just allow myself to be a part of this greater picture and greater story yeah. and and um, play my part as connected as I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I have a relate with that because I honestly feel my best when I am in service to others or I'm doing something mm-hmm. bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't do that and I don't disregard myself from that mm-hmm. saying, but when I am in service to others or when I am helping people or supporting people in any regard, like I feel... Very purposeful, yes. very fulfilled as well. Yeah. And that's kind of hard for me to even feel slightly depressed when I yeah. am a service to others because it's mm. just, you feed off their energy as well and their feedback. And when yeah. you start seeing people get results, like it just lights you up too.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I do believe it's such an important part of our biology. Like mm. I think we're meant to be in community and helping each other and growing and evolving together. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's why there are such high levels of depression and anxiety today because we are so disconnected and our jobs can be very isolating you know these desk jobs where people are in these little cubicles they can't even see each other like yeah it's not not very natural and not great for the human soul (laughs) yeah because
0: especially for like not even just thousands but millions of years or however long humans have been around for like we've always been in communities and we've always done things that help other people survive Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. our, our whole purpose for so long is like Me and a bunch of other men will go and gather food. We'll go Mm -hmm. and hunt. Um, Females do their role. And it's just Mm -hmm. like for thousands of years, like we've all been doing this to support each other to survive. And then like the last couple of years, because of some circumstances that happened, um, like it's become very isolated. It's pushed people away. And I think we need to get back into the connection of human and get people in communities again. And I feel like it's an important part. And it's just finding a way to yeah, bring this Mm. back into the world because I feel like it's not only going to increase just mental health, Mm -hmm. it's also going to help the next generation when they grow up to be more healthy.
1: Yeah, because like that's also something that I really incorporate into my naturopathic lens is that like I can do all this work to make me better and the individual better, but we don't have true health until our like community and our society and our world is healthy, you know, like we're all a functioning, healthy ecosystem. Um, And so I'm also a big environmentalist as well (laughs) and activist because i see how much that affects us as humans as well and and how we affect the environment so yeah i think harmony everywhere is really important (laughs) yes agreed (laughs) well
0: i'd like to um switch over to the like all the nutritional side (laughs) of things and the um like the deficiencies that we go through as well. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd like to start with. I think a, a good starting point might be the gut-brain axis. Mm-hmm. So I believe it's called the enteric nervous system. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so uh, enteric. Enteric. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It. I pronounced it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I pronounce things wrong yeah, and then yeah, just yeah. blame my English accents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so could you talk to us about how what that is and how yeah, that operates? Yeah,
1: sure. So. um we have, as we know, neurons <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. our brain, but we also have some in our gut, and then we have a vagus nerve that connects the gut and the brain um, together, so we are getting constant signaling um, from our gut to our brain and our brain to our gut, and that's like also like plays a part in um, having a gut feeling about yeah. things because we do have neurons there, and we are perceiving um, information through our gut as well Mm. which is crazy to think about so that's sometimes why because we have like our brain is so um we have you know our our conscious brain our frontal brain is like sometimes overrides our instinct but you can't like override your gut because that's like different to our brain so sometimes you have that gut feeling and you're like i should have listened to it you know because Mm. your brain can like override it but um in relation to health we um we can be greatly affected by our um well our our stress can really affect our gut um because it's that communication's going on and that has an effect in your microbial balance but then the other way as well so like uh, you might notice like if you eat something that's off and you start to feel nauseous it can also make you feel really like anxious or depressed like when you feel nauseous like you can get that real like doom feeling like something's really wrong or brain fog yeah yeah Yeah. brain fog (laughs) is a huge one um so yeah, they they're connected by by this um, link and this gut brain axis, and it's very um, yeah, important to address both mm. because I actually have a few clients where I they have such bad gut issues, and I've been certain like in my head, oh, okay, like they probably got this or that, and I've run a test; they don't have anything apart from maybe a little bit of a deficiency in some good like bacteria, and it's just the stress. Their stress, it like is so strong that it's just like having these str- like such huge impacts on their gut. And I'm there thinking oh they've got parasites the level of like yeah, gut issues that they've got going on. But there's none. Yeah. <laughs> um and then the other way as well like sometimes um people were like oh I've just I'm usually such a calm person. I'm usually, you know, I don't have any stress or anxiety, but now I can't sleep. Now I'm anxious all the time. And um, I'll run a gut test and they've got parasites, even though they might not have gastrointestinal symptoms that are quite severe. They've got, yeah, bacterial overgrowth or parasites and it's just really affecting their brain. So um, that, yeah, we really can't undermine that connection. So, yeah, it plays such a huge part in our health. Yeah,
0: because when I first found out that there is an axis that links straight to the mm-hmm. brain, like I always heard that, you know, food can impact you. But when I first started studying mental health and I realised that a lot of it is linked to mm-hmm. what we digest and mm-hmm. what we eat... I was just like, I was mind blown. I yeah. was like, yeah, it makes sense. Like n- just to know the more scientific side of it. Definitely.
1: Yeah. yeah. And like also like our whole blood sugar regulation. Um, so we are eating way more sugar than we ever have in history. <laughs> and um, like this refined sugar like spikes our blood glucose really quickly. And there's been some studies to show that when you're in a hyperglycemic state, so you like your blood is saturated, like oversaturated with sugar, um, it has a numbing effect on the brain. Like it actually shuts down a part of the the emotional sector of the brain. So that's, that's why we can get like um, emotional eating in a way because um, you're suffering emotionally and you just want to numb it. And so the body kind of knows that if I just like wolf a whole chocolate bar down, like I'll numb that part of my brain a bit. So yeah, there's like what we eat has such a, it can have actually such a quick impact on our physiology. Um, And that's, something that I don't think is talked enough about yeah 100% because yeah. like
0: most of the time majority of the time where I'm like you know what let's just grab dessert yeah and after, <laughs> after like after I eat the dessert I'm like I shouldn't have ate that yeah. <laughs> like I feel horrible and I'm like it's like it's just connecting that knowing what the feeling is, it gives Mm. you after Mm -hmm. to what you feel before. Yeah, like, do you truly want to feel those side effects that come from it? Like, yeah, it may feel good in the moment, chill on it because it's probably giving you like dopamine and all (laughs) these other things as you're eating there, But Mm. the negative effects that come from it is like quite dramatic.
1: Yes. And it requires a lot of like um, awareness and discipline as well. Like I think a lot of time we're driven by these very basic instincts and we live such busy lives that we don't have this time to reflect. Or if you have like, significant trauma um you don't really like like those like pathways in your brain are so ingrained that you can't like it takes a lot of like therapy and work to be able to like sort of rewire that so I that's something that I do feel like um I wish there was more compassion against it. particularly sometimes I notice in the in the gym world as well that there's like this fat phobia and there's this judgment on people's like eating behavior but I'm also like it is it is more than just like you know a choice yeah. you know and 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 i think we we think that we can sometimes override these things but i really believe in like community help and support and healing and um having this like judgment mindset that somebody is like somehow less worthy because they're not able to make these right choices it's yeah really like hard because um there's like financial barriers like it's so cheap to eat at McDonald's yeah, <laughs> like it's so cheap. and so if you're like a single mom you've got all these kids to feed and you're living like off just like really like Centrelink's not great yeah <laughs> and you know the cost of living at the moment like of course that's a really quick way to like feed your family um and then like you add in yeah you add in like insecure housing and trauma and all this stuff like it's so hard to make choices when you're in fight flight mode and survival mode mm. um So it's hard because I feel like there should be more of a societal responsibility as well, like at least from a government level in um, helping people have access to healthy food because that's Mm. just, yeah, such a huge barrier. Um, But if you do have like the space and the means in your life, it is so awesome to like start to notice these things and to like do little things every day to just help you make better choices and – yeah be supported in that
0: so yeah I agree with you with um the non-judgment aspect Mm -hmm. because I do Mm -hmm. feel like it has to be a collective Mm informative thing Mm -hmm. and to support each other get through that because I think a lot of it can be conditioning too like I knew me growing up um like I was not fed anything healthy as a kid Mm -mm. a lot of pies a lot Mm -hmm. of pizzas like that was just the conditioning growing up like now I'm 25 and I'm only now just like Starting mm. to try and not try I am rewiring mm-hmm. what I eat, what I consume. But it is a bloody process within yeah, itself. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: And you know, also like our, our taste buds get like programmed to like mm. certain things. Like myself, I grew up vegetarian and I now like I need to eat meat, I've realized for my health. And I struggle so much with taste and texture. Like there's pretty much only two two types of meat that I can really get down with. and um, But I know how like good these other foods could be for me. But yeah, it's like it's so much to overcome like yeah. these things in adulthood. So that's, yeah, really like um, where parents can, you know, do little things every day to kind of help the future of their, yeah. <laughs> their children to not be such fuzzy eaters or have like you know go-to foods that perhaps aren't the best <laughs> yeah that's
0: that's so funny because i'm the same but opposite so okay. like i love meat and stuff but growing up like my sister will be listening to this and she'll laugh i couldn't eat like and i could but i chose not to eat like any vegetables or fruits it's yeah. so, like even my sister if she would dice up onion in a tiny bit. i yeah. still wouldn't eat it yeah. but then like now like onions my favorite, well, my favorite yeah. things like yes. how my taste buds change over time mm-hmm. now i like majority of fruits and veggies but I'm a big texture person too Yeah, texture. so I I can't eat apples I don't know why but yeah (laughs) yeah. yeah, there's always something yeah Yeah. but with um with parents is there anything that parents can do like if they are on the budget how they can implement it somehow to get more Mm -hmm. nutritional food in
1: Mm -hmm. I think um I think that there are definitely some like if you try and do your shopping, you know, on the outside aisles because yeah. <laughs> the inside is where all of that sort of processed food is. So it's all like your veggies, and then it goes around to your meats and your dairies. So trying to just budget with the with those whole foods, yeah, um, which does take it is hard because those are foods that need to be prepared. And, and I really empathize, like, if parents are time poor, that it's hard to like you know have the time to even like cook like nutritious meals. And um, but as much as possible to like yeah aim for whole foods and preparing food and like just a little less every week you know eating out and like more at home meals Mm -hmm. that's really good um and yeah keeping your eyes on the specials because that's (laughs) that's what I do like I would love to eat like blueberries every day but they're so expensive (laughs) so when I see the one special I'll grab some and like yeah just trying to make it like um within your within your budget and avoiding particularly just the things that are like we know that are just There's absolutely no nutrients in them. Like, like I loved them and my mom never bought them for me, which I'm glad, but like, lcm bars oh, yeah. <laughs> kids would come with them and roll ups and like they are so tasty but they're just lollies like there's absolutely yeah. nothing there so maybe going more for like something with a little bit of nutrition in it yeah. um, because those things will just send your kids off the walls <laughs> all those like colors and flavors and yeah yeah that's Great. like <laughs> even
0: with myself like i grew up loving cereal but mm. if i have cereal now like my energy has gone for about yeah. four hours like, yeah, so for me personally, like, I don't eat breakfast. Yes. I feel best, like, when I fast. Uh-huh. So usually I do, like, 16, 8, oh, wow, eight 80, 80% of the time. Okay. And I feel, like, I feel unreal. But mm. I feel like if I eat – it's probably because I'm eating the wrong breakfast. Like, now yeah. thinking about it, I've, that's why I feel bad.
1: Well, I find it so odd that cereal ever became a breakfast food because it's, yeah. there's nothing of substance to it. Like, yeah. there's, it's just sugar and carbs and absolutely – yeah, no protein or good fat or anything yeah. so um, I think that's what we need is is a reverse less carbs for breakfast and more protein and and fats to like sustain us for a big day ahead. So, that's true because yeah.
0: when I have bacon because I have like on the weekends mm-hmm. I have breakfast and it's mm-hmm. usually like bacon and eggs mm-hmm. and I feel good. Yeah. Is that yeah. linked to that? Yeah, because
1: <laughs> yeah, you've got yeah, you've got the the protein and the fat there to like really sustain you. I'm very I'm very big on um uh protein in general which again is so opposite as growing up as a vegetarian and a vegan because i was like primarily carb-based sort of um diet but uh i've experienced just how how good it's been for my mental health because amino acids are the basis of your neurotransmitters and so i'm just so much more of a a grounded person and i can think straight and i have less mood swings and that. now that i've incorporated yeah like a really high protein diet um and i think also, um, protein really helps to stabilize your blood sugar. Mm. And I think I was probably, I never got tested, but I was probably a little bit hypo-hyperglycemic, which greatly affects your mental health because if yeah. your blood sugar drops, a natural response to that is for your body to boost your cortisol levels. Yeah. And that causes you to go into a bit of a fight-flight. So um, eating yeah, protein regularly really helps to yeah. <laughs> keep that in check and also make you feel like, yeah, less mood swings and... I think it's really important, particularly for people who um, have like menstrual cycles, because it's like if you're um, constantly like under eating and you've got these cortisol spikes, that also has a really huge impact on your sex hormones and how Mm -hmm. well, um, yeah, how well you have a cycle. So I do feel like men can probably get away with like fasting a bit more than um, like, yeah, women, because it's very like, um, yeah, has such a huge impact on. Our sex hormones and very, yeah, it's, yeah, it has detrimental effects, and you get painful periods and infertility and all of this stuff. So, mm. um,
0: that makes sense because I know a lady she's uh, she works in nutrition, mm-hmm. there's like a PT as well, but she works with women only and she's mm-hmm. completely against fasting. Mm-hmm. So, that, yeah, that just kind of yeah. makes me understand why.
1: Because also, like, this the studies that have been done on intermittent fasting and that, and they are great because it shows like it, it stimulates, like, um, uh, insulin like growth factor and all these like longevity kind of hormones in the body but they've all been done on men yeah. and and there was one that was done on women but they were post-menopausal so they weren't in their reproductive years and so the the hormones are a bit different as well yeah. um so yeah I'd, i'm i'm not i'm not profiling for for women because yeah it's very um yeah it's just too hard your body's already doing so much every day every yeah. day and every day is different when you have a menstrual cycle because it's like you're energies in a completely different, uh, part of like, depending where you are in the week, in the month. So, so yeah, I, <laughs> I think it's, it's makes just life so much harder. <laughs> yeah.
0: What does a um, day of eating look like for you? For me?
1: Yeah. Um, so now that I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've recently, like last couple of months ago, I, for the first time in my life started going to the gym. Yeah. You can probably tell. <laughs> 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 um, and I, I'm really trying to be more mindful about the protein. Um, And so I try to get a minimum of 30 grams every meal. And I don't want to focus too much on macros and all that because micronutrients are just as important. But, um, yeah, so I have... You, my go-to is usually like eggs for breakfast because they're such just easy source of protein and fats and like they really sustain you. Yeah. Um, but I like boost it even more. Like I'll put cottage cheese with it and like make <laughs> it really protein dense. And then um, lunch is probably my biggest meal of the day. I um, will have some sort of like meat and then just vegetables. I try not to have too many carbs in the day because otherwise I want to nap. Yeah. <laughs> and then dinner is much the same. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to like keep as well like because i'm eating more meat than i ever have in my life like to make sure that i'm eating a lot of alkalizing foods as well because sometimes yeah. um if you're not eating like organs and bone broth like just the protein like the muscle cuts can be a bit um in, like acidic and inflaming in the body so yeah lots of green vegetables yeah and like that yeah really alkalizing help to combat
0: that nice where do yeah. you get your like veggies from you the other fruit barn or woolies um, like what's your preference
1: i There are so many good local farmer's markets, but I'm not always able to make it to them. But if I can, that's my, like, priority. Um, But I'll go anywhere, really. And I try to do more organic where as possible. But, again, like, cost of living. (laughs) It's bit crazy. But, um, like, where I live in Moorland, I reckon I'm probably a bit biased, but I think we've got the best farmer's market. Like, the local farmers are just oh the tastiest produce so that's my yeah, my preference because it's just I can taste the difference as well like it's really really
0: nice yeah, yeah. even yeah. just like on this is like random but when I, when I went to Vanuatu they are down um, like banana trees there yeah I had a banana over there and it was the best banana I've yeah. ever had in my life that's <laughs> right yeah I
1: remember in Peru the um the mangoes were off the chain and ones that I'd never seen before varieties like some that were like the size of my fist and then some that were the size of my head like they were just (laughs) like so good
0: (laughs) like what's because I've seen some people say that like no you get the frozen veggies Mm. they can kind of be stripped of nutrients do you know much Mm. about frozen Um, vegetables I
1: know that like snap frozen is okay um which I don't know if all of them are um but that's usually for like that's a good way of preserving it because they drop them to these like really cold temperatures straight away, and it kind of locks in the nutrients. Yeah. Um, but just like a standard sort of like yeah freezer is not that great. But I still think any vegetables are better than none. Yeah. <laughs> you know? true. So they're just going to give like even if there's no nutrients in it, it's going to give you great like prebiotic fiber and um, just fiber in general to like help clear out your colon and give you water and like yeah, they're yeah. great. <laughs> they're great. And
0: like for someone like me, and I think parents may relate to this or even people like me who are very like um i struggle with texture Mm -hmm. especially with fruits so like i want to get me fruits in but usually i blend them with water Mm -hmm. like a smoothie yeah like a smoothie yeah yeah. is that fine yeah yeah sweet cool (laughs) anywhere you can get it in yeah
1: (laughs) there is this um oh gosh i'm gonna butcher it um what is it eat eat your drink and drink your I've oh, ruined that. But basically <laughs> it's like if you have a smoothie, like kind of chew it so that you yeah. get saliva in there and that'll help you digest it. Oh, okay. And then if you have food, chew it to the point where it's pretty much a liquid mm-hmm. and that'll help you digest it, like optimizing digestion. Um, and yeah, that's another thing that's really important. Like you can put in so much good food, but if your digestive enzymes are just not pumping, like yeah. you're not going to break it down and you're not going to get the nutrients out of it. And that's really common in today. Um, because stress really shuts down the digestive symptoms, so that I would say most people <laughs> who are adults have not enough like uh, stomach acid or bile or like um, juices from their like pancreas and all of this stuff that helps them break down the mm. food. Like, there's just yeah, there's not enough, um, and so we get bloating, we get constipation, get diarrhea because the body's just not being able to like get yeah. it, get the nutrients out and um, digest it efficiently. And then we're all tired.
0: (laughs) What some things we can do to increase the digestive to help that?
1: Um, So a great one for the stomach acid. um, And and a good sign is if you've got low stomach acid is that like if you feel really heavy and tired after eating meat or if you have like a low appetite in the morning. Mm. um, So lemon juice in a glass of water or apple cider vinegar in a glass of water will help stimulate the stomach acid. um, And that'll, yeah, help you break down. Um, the proteins in particular and then to help with digesting fats you want bitter foods so the bitter is really going to stimulate that bile production and it is good to taste it which we don't like eating we've really lost our taste for the bitter food Um, but eating something bitter before a meal is really really great and many cultures like still have it they'll have like a little shot of bitters before or after a meal I remember when I went to India there was always these um, fennel seeds coated in like a like a some sort of sweetness and like yeah. you'd eat that after a meal because like fennel is really aromatic like it helps you digest food and um, we need to kind of bring b- back those things into our Western culture to yeah. really help us yeah digest our food. Um, so yeah, bitter and sour are really great for oh, <laughs> yeah awesome, digestive enzymes.
0: It's awesome that you said lemon and water. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if you know what it's like when you mix lemons, um, Himalayan salt and water. Yeah. So I used to do that in the yeah. morning. So I did that when I was. Um, I just read it in the book, to be honest. I started yeah. doing it, but I did feel benefits from Definitely. it. Definitely. It's yeah. so
1: good for you. And I do like, yeah, a bit of salt, like in um, water as well. Sometimes I feel like people don't have enough um, electrolytes. So they'll be, if I have a client and they say, oh, I drink like three liters a day, but they still are showing signs of like dehydration. Mm. It's probably because they've got electrolyte imbalance. So just sometimes like a little pit, pinch of like Celtic sea salt is, in their water will help them retain it more and it will get into the cells and it'll help their organs. And yeah,
0: that's good because I feel like there's a big misconception about salt. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're
1: so anti salt and I'm, I am anti iodized table salt, which is kind of like the common one that we see around um, because yeah, the form of iodine they put in there isn't so great for us. And it's just like too refined and it's not great, but like Celtic sea salt, Himalayan sea salt, they're full of micro like, um, uh, minerals and, like, trace minerals. That's what I'm looking for. And they're, yeah, it's really good for our body. Yeah. <laughs> is
0: it, like, with pepper as well, is there a certain type of pepper or is it just any stuff? Sort of
1: yeah. I mean, I reckon it's best if you get the whole peppercorns and then grind it grind. fresh um, because it'll have more flavour and then there'll be, like, a little bit more um, of the oils in it. They won't have evaporated. So you'll get, yeah, more fragrance and it'll have more of a warming effect
0: in the body. Yeah. 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 Well, so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like... Um, before we get into the inflammatory stuff Mm. i know you mentioned before about parasites Mm. i feel like i've seen like i got i know people up in the sunshine coast called corrective culture Mm -hmm. they support people with um like parasite detox Mm -hmm. um like what's the importance of understanding if we have parasites Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. in us
1: well you know you can probably there are some parasites that you could probably have your whole life and not know and you'd be fine um And then there are some that are pretty gnarly and you need to know, (laughs) you need to get them out, but you'll probably know they'll cause like side effects. And there are some like, like things like, I can't think of a specific parasite, but for instance, like with candida, like thrush, and that um, we all have candida in us, but, and it's fine, but we just don't want an overgrowth because that'll Mm. give us issues. And so we have evolved alongside certain microbes and I know that there are some parasites, but I just can't. (laughs) <laughs> that are like uh, common and they're fine um oh h pylori in the gut that's like that can have really detrimental effects on people but and then other people absolutely no effect doesn't affect them um they have wouldn't know that they have it unless they yeah, got tested for it um and that's a large percentage of the population that has h pylori and they're chilling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then some have like just such yeah horrible um reactions to it so it i would say if you are having symptoms that are obvious, like gastrointestinal things, definitely get tested. But they can, there are symptoms that are less obvious. So you might have, like, your bowels aren't affected too much or anything like that, not too much bloating. But you are experiencing just uncharacteristic, like, fatigue, brain fog, sore joints, things like that. They can be caused by parasites as well because they release toxins yeah. into your body and that gets absorbed in your bloodstream and it circulates your brain and your joints and you just, yeah, it can make you feel really rubbish. And so... I would consider definitely, um, yeah, like getting them out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it can result, It can be also sometimes like the root cause of things that people wouldn't even consider. Like um, I know people who have chronic skin issues like psoriasis or eczema and it's because of a parasite. Once yeah. that's gone, it's cleared up. And that's not a common cause for it, yeah. but it can, yeah, it like can definitely be something that contributes. So um, testing is good. The, the tests that doctors do don't cover... A lot of them they cover some really important ones that you definitely want to be aware of but um there are more complete tests that we can do as naturopaths as well that will um check out like all the other lesser known ones and there's actually there's actually quite a few at least down where I am particularly in the northern rivers like I could see a lot of clients who don't realize and they don't have education Mm -hmm. around it and they just they move onto a beautiful property in the bush and they have tank water and they're not filtering it and they're drinking Mm -hmm. it and um you can get like bat droppings in there or like creatures just carry things and so i see heaps of like particularly like blastocystitis giardia and diatomoeba these are like the main sort of infections that i see and the from people drinking tank water and so that's yeah you just got to be really mindful mostly of like water sources Mm. and always washing your hands particularly if you use a public toilet or if you go to like this might seem like a random one but like I feel like this might be a cause for some clients because I can't think of what it is, but, like, they go to, like, a communal um, yoga class yeah. and, like, the mats aren't cleaned and stuff. <laughs> so, like, people are sweating on that and, like, body juice is not good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just try to, like, be mindful of hygiene in public places because that, that's also how you can contract um, some of these, like, gnarly ones as well. Mm. So, yeah, w- water is a big one, though. Yeah. You filter your water. Water, yeah, like,
0: <laughs> like for water, for me, is probably the first start in terms like like not including gym and all that stuff like the first part about like like internal mm-hmm. health i saw the focus on was water because mm-hmm. as soon as i stopped drinking tap water like i felt so much better like actually drinking filtered water yeah. but i've seen some um people's doing i'm gonna butcher this pronunciation <laughs> but kangen water
1: oh, kangen kangen yes. water yeah yeah i don't know too much about kangen i know that it's um It's to do with the pH. The machine makes it, like, you can choose what pH it is. Um, But I – and I I don't know, though, how well it filters out heavy metals. Like, I haven't looked into that part of it because, for me, that's the sort of the main thing is getting out – because, like, you can smell it sometimes if you go into the city, especially, like, the chlorine Mm. smell. that like, when you turn it up, it's like, oh, not good. It doesn't taste great either. So, um, yeah, getting out those kind of, like, chemicals and metals um, is – Priority. Um, I really love. I've got a um, Zazen filter. It's just like a bench top one, and so it filters out all of those chemicals. And then it, it's, when the water goes through the filter, it sits in a base that has all these um, rocks in it, and they put minerals back into the water. Yeah. So that one's really great. I noticed when I um, started drinking that I had like my nails felt a bit stronger. So, oh yeah. Yeah, all those good minerals help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm not sure. Do you know who Robert Kennedy Jr. is? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I heard him talking about. I think he's done a lot of research on um, metals mm-hmm. in, speci- especially in fish mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. Do you know too much about that? And like yeah. whether you get your fish sauce from oh, to make I sure it's not like heavy metal. I should be strict on that for yeah.
1: sure because I do take a cod liver oil every day, um, and I get it from the brand Nordic Naturals um, because they do heavy metal testing. So that that's like I make sure that because I'm having that every day that I'm onto that. But the, I know there are some um, brands that do tin fish that are like um, tested as well, yeah. but they're expensive mm. and I don't have the budget for that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I know definitely avoid um, the Tasmanian salmon, yeah. which is unfortunate because it'd be nice to have local, but they are farmed and they're mm. just pumped with antibiotics. Um, but in general, like even if you get like wild caught fish, there's so, there's just toxins in our ocean now microplastics um there's a lot of mercury in some parts of the water and um and they're going to just be absorbing that the poor things so um it's hard to it's hard to be pure <laughs> yeah but there are things that we can do to detoxify our bodies of mm. these things if they've started if they're starting to accumulate um and yeah that you can see a lot of like that that affects a lot of things like more studies is coming out around that like particularly with um like things like MS, yeah. um, they're noticing that in some patients, like that is kind of like what is switching on the disease is mm-hmm. having multiple sclerosis. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Having high like levels of mercury and things like that can like um, really affect um, con- uh, conditions like that, mm. um, and then also behavioral things in children. Sometimes they might have um, yeah too many like metal, ex- too much heavy metal exposure. So there are definitely awesome things that we can do to bind up those sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> metals in the bloodstream and then um yeah get them out of the body
0: yeah yeah, yeah i've heard a lot of different um things about heavy metals and kids especially you mm. can like especially with um like mental health issues or yeah. disorders they can yeah. cause things like autism and yes, a lot of different yeah. things but it's not something i am educated on it's yes. just yeah, repeating information definitely
1: and like the research is still kind of emerging and yeah. like new so um it, and it is very controversial as well, I think, as well, because we should note it note that there is absolutely nothing wrong with being autistic, but yeah there 100%. Are, like there are um certain like symptoms that come with that that can be exacerbated by um yeah, like a diet and and toxins and that um that just make it harder to like live as an autistic person, so yeah. you probably to be born neurodivergent you know and like um that's who you are but there are things that yeah in your diet and lifestyle that just make certain aspects worse and they don't have to yeah yeah can help with yeah, diet and, and nutrition and herbal medicine
0: yeah yeah and especially like coming on to inflammation now like inflammatory foods um like do you want to just give us a basis of what happens when we mm. like when our body becomes inflamed or mm. brain inflammation
1: mm-hmm. yeah so um, there are many ways that that can happen. So, like a big one that I think many people are experiencing is that a lot of our food that we eat has a not so great effect on our gut um, lining and it causes gut permeability, also known as leaky gut. Yeah. And when that happens, like our, 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 we, these little tiny junctions open up and food particles can pass through into the bloodstream and that's, absolutely not meant to happen <laughs> um, they're meant to just be selective things taken across into the bloodstream as so nutrients so when actual like matter is going in there it's um gonna send off alarms in the body and cause um yeah like brain fog and concentration issues and then of course mood and then it can really affect joints like there is a lot of research emerging as well with rheumatoid arthritis and um, gut permeability mm. um and particularly yeah having that sort of like rheumatoid arthritis has this very like picture of um mirroring so it's like both elbows both knees um and it's like this systemic inflammation um psoriasis is a big one as well um so the body's going like oh freak out and um it's signaling gets like confused and starts coming like reacting with the skin proteins and then they get these lesions um and other than leaky gut also um, having really refined foods or really refined sugar um, can create an environment that feeds the bad bacteria. So, a lot of like um, opportunistic bacteria loves to like feed on just like cane sugar and things like that. Yeah. And they'll overgrow and they'll outgrow the good bacteria in our gut. And so, then we start getting heaps of bloating um, and like constipation and issues like that and diarrhea. And that again through the enteric nervous system through that gut brain access it's going to affect how you feel really cause a lot of like stress in the brain and um affect your mood greatly like it's hard to just like like just how many people go to work really bloated and from their like poor gut health and they're just having to like sit at their office job and um and just feel crap all day like it's horrible and um yeah so there's, yeah, a few different ways that, like, our our um, diet and our, like, physiology gets affected by these inflammatory foods and causes inflammation in the
0: body. Mm, yeah. Especially talking about sugar, there too, because there was a study done that I seen you sent, and it was um, insulin deficiency is essential to the cognitive decline of Alzheimer's disease, yeah.
1: too. Yeah, that's some really awesome research that's emerged in the last few years about, um how they're now starting to call alzheimer's type 3 diabetes Mm. so basically like our brain needs so much glucose to function um but then when you kind of have been in an inflamed and hyperglycemic state for so long your um insulin uh receptors start to like give out particularly like in the brain and so your body doesn't uptake the brain doesn't uptake the glucose anymore and Mm. that's so important for everything um but particularly for like memory and recall and things like that that we see um decline a lot in alzheimer's um and so yeah balancing our blood sugar is really important for preventing the um, development of alzheimer's in old age um that (laughs) that's actually why i decided to go to the gym because having muscle Mm. is a really great it's a really great storage place for glucose so um you know you have if you're You've got lots of like glucose circulating in the blood. You have muscle. Your muscles will uptake it, mm-hmm. particularly if you're using them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that like having muscle is a wonderful preventative for like Alzheimer's as well and yeah. brain um, degeneration and all of that. So um, that yeah, that I listened to a podcast with um, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. She's an American doctor who's who's uh, she's in geriatric care and she's done a lot of this like research. And um, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to try and get some muscle. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sticking to the gym then. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's definitely great for yeah, your your long term health, and also just preventing like, um, like keeping your mobility as long as possible into your old age. Like, it's so, you know, it'd be so great to have good muscle tone. So if you fall, you're not going to break a hip as easily, yeah. and um, you'll be able to pump, you know, use your muscles and pump blood blood to your brain and just feel more, um happy and engaged with life. Yeah. So So I was
0: in the sauna last week and some older fella was in there with me. I think he was about late 70s, but he he looked like super healthy. And I Mm. asked him, I was like, um, because I was speaking about yoga to my friend in there and he mentioned something about yoga. And I asked him, I was like, how do you stay? Like, what's kept you you healthy for all these years? He said, don't stop moving. Mm. Because the day you (laughs) stop moving, you're going to decline. So he's like, the one thing he's done since his late teens is just... Yoga, gym, Mm. walking, and just keep Mm -hmm. his body functioning. It's
1: so important. And it's been, like, the biggest obstacle for me because I I suffered with chronic fatigue for so long and I just never exercised, never in childhood. I was always awkward and, like, got picked last in sports and all this stuff, like, just hated physical um, exercise and just didn't engage in any. Um, And was way too tired as well, just Mm. my whole life, up until a couple of years ago. And I just feel that as well, just how... Wonderful that has been for my mental health as well. Like, Mm. well, one, having enough energy to function, but two, like the endorphins you get from exercise and moving your lymphatic system and your blood, and like, yeah, it's so it's so great.
0: Yeah, (laughs) the amount of times I've like finished the work day felt tired, don't want to do anything, force myself to the gym, Mm -hmm. and I feel great. Mm -hmm. Like after, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm so glad I went. I know. (laughs) I I kind of hate that that's true because, like, you kind
1: of some days it's just like you. It's like I really don't want to go, and you just. But then you go and you're like, damn, it felt so good. Why yeah. it, like why does it have to be like like that? But it's also wonderful for mental discipline.
0: Well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Building resilience yeah. and willpower. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Before we move on from sugars, mm-hmm. like I know there is um a lot of talk about like good sugars and bad mm-hmm. sugar. Like, what is an example of what food source is a mm-hmm. good sugar?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I there's sort of two things like sugar that comes with. Like nutrients, so like we know that like just table sugar is just nothing but like sugar. <laughs> yeah. um, but then, for instance, like maple syrup has some minerals with it. It's it's still very high GI, so you don't want to have heaps of maple yeah. syrup. Just a tiny bit, um, but it's um, yeah, it's got going to ha- be a little bit of a better sugar than just table sugar. And then that's the other point is the the glycemic index. So you want to go for more low GI because the low GI foods are going to spike your blood sugar less. Mm. Um, So that's in, like, a lot of your sort of fruits and vegetables. Some fruits are still very high GI, um, and they're fine to have, like, in moderation as well. Um, Another way to kind of hack it as well is, like, to have a good protein source before you go for something sweet. Mm. So I'm not, like, completely adverse to dessert. I love yeah. – I've got a big sweet tooth, but I, I like to do it, like, after I've eaten protein mm. um, because, yeah, I just don't feel that, like, zing and then crash yeah. <laughs> as much. It's, like, more sustained. So, so the protein helps absorb it? Yeah, 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 it helps with, um, yeah, reducing that spike – so the sugar getting in the danger zone essentially.
0: Uh, so notes taken. They ever want dessert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The protein dinner. <laughs> Have a good
1: protein rich dinner <laughs> first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how about
0: honey as well? Because I know some people say put honey in tea mm, as mm. a replacement for sugar.
1: I definitely think it's better than sugar. It's yeah. it's a little, yeah. It's still quite high GI, but again, like particularly if you're having raw local honey, that's um got yeah a lot more nutrients and also. Um, I listened to this talk with a beekeeper and this blew my mind and I haven't fact-checked it and I don't want to because I just think it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) He was saying that um, the bees, they uh, don't have an immune system Mm. but the flowers, because they have this symbiotic relationship with the bees, the flowers um, will want the bees to stay alive and stay healthy. So the bees kind of get all this information from the environment and then they put that into their pollen and so then the bees, when they... Eat the pollen and take it and turn it into honey. They're kept strong from their local environment, and then this is the part I'm not sure that's true. But he was saying that the bees have identified that the beekeepers are part of their um, their life and their um, survival, and so they make their honey also to the humans like. Um, immune system so like (laughs) but also whether that's true or not just having local honey you're gonna you're gonna be telling like you're gonna be having pollens of the local area and that's gonna be great for your immune system as well and hopefully help prime it in regards to like allergy season and when they're all getting released so you don't have such a reaction um so yeah i love like raw honey i think it's yeah really good but of course in moderation yeah i was just about (laughs) to like anything in life moderation (laughs) exactly
0: um next one is I've, i'm keen to talk about this because i see this is a massive trend at the moment is <laughs> seed oils mm-hmm. like it's like but last year i would never heard of seed oils mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. and then within like the last nine months it feels like it's all over my algorithm yeah. could you tell yes. us more about seed oils and yes. what's going on with that and
1: there's a hu- there's a lot of like confusion and i have this conversation with my mum about once a week because she's so confused about it because of the marketing that exists yeah. right so seed oils are good mm. for your health right but not in the way we're eating them (laughs) so if you get a bunch of flax seeds just whole raw and you grind them up they're going to release oil and having that oil straight away really good for you it's high in omega-3s and gla and all these things that are really like good for your body your hormones your brain um but these oils are very very sensitive to oxygen and heat so as soon as they're sort of bottled and put in clear containers and in the sun and like transported around they start to go rancid they start to oxidize um and they become really inflammatory in our body and then um up from that is trans fat so they're they're really bad yeah. <laughs> and that's your your margarine so they've taken a seed oil done something funky to it and made it like uh like this butter and um that is really really inflammatory like it's not only is it an oil it's gone rancid it's been modified in some way but yeah, yeah it's um it has, yeah, really inflammatory effects in the body. And I think they also have noticed that um, trans fats start to coat um, the cells in your brain, the, yep. like immune memory. And so it's, it, it it stops signaling from occurring with your neurotransmitters. Um, so that, yeah, that can cause depression and inflammation. And, yeah, trans fats are really bad, <laughs> really bad for your LDL, which is your quote-unquote bad cholesterol from like it makes it go really high and you get mm. high cholesterol and that's bad for your heart so um, the trans fats that we know like when we just buy canola oil off the shelf and margarine like yeah they're, they're no good but if you're getting like flaxseed oil out of the fridge from a health food store yeah. like that a little bit of that every day is really great for
0: you so uh, that makes yeah. so much sense because yeah. everything i see is stop steed oils yeah. now stop yeah. it yeah. now but it's like we need it in moderation yes. but from a nutritional right. um, source yes. basically yeah yeah, yeah. and
1: and just understanding that those the, the molecular structure of those those oils like they're just really um volatile and sensitive so for instance like um butter and ghee they you can pretty much leave them on the bench and they're fine and they're stable and like they don't really go rancid that easily i mean ghee would last a bit longer than butter but um yeah so they and they can tolerate high heat like you can cook in ghee and it doesn't really it doesn't become um inflammatory or carcinogenic very easily but yeah you cook in um like a seed oil and it's yeah instantly ha- gone funny <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and it's not great for the body so yeah
0: yeah that no, yeah, makes sense to me now because yeah i was just a bit confused i think a lot of people mm. are like whether if it's good mm. if it's bad mm. should i be too cautious should i not be but I think flax seeds sound like yeah, a good go-to. Yeah,
1: yeah definitely. And yeah. like your nuts and seeds in general, like eating them in their whole form is probably easier as well. Like if you buy flaxseed oil, you really have to make sure it's like away from sunlight and in the fridge, and like it's a, you've got to take care of it. <laughs> but yeah. if you just got like nuts in an airtight container in the cupboard, like they're chilling, like they're fine. Yeah. You can just eat them, and yeah, it doesn't have. Um, they won't be going rancid as easily.
0: So. Yeah, and when you touch them, this is completely different too. Um, Trend, um, what's it called trans fat and seed oils. But when you mention like oil being in bottles, that's why I don't longer drink any liquids in bottles anymore. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm aware that when it becomes like heated, mm. it can then release chemicals yeah. into whatever you drink, or yes. water, or Coke, Parade yeah. whatever it is.
1: The plastics from um the the yeah the bottles goes in there, and that's really bad, particularly for fertility in both men and women. Um, it it really affects your hormones. Um, they they can bind to, like, in women, they, like, bind to estrogen receptors and mess up your menstrual cycle and, yeah, f- affect the quality of your eggs. And, like, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's really yeah. bad. Like, and it's kind of crazy that, like, they do have done good in that they most countries have sort of phased out BPA. Like, you'll see a lot of bottles say BPA-free because right. that was one of the most gnarly ones for the body. But um, there are still a lot <laughs> of yeah. chemicals in, in plastic bottles that are, yeah, going to cause havoc, so avoiding that and particularly avoiding them heated like not microwaving those like plastic um foods that come in plastic containers like don't put in the microwave because it'll yeah yeah, really activated and yeah that's (laughs) that's why i
0: think it's important like investing in just like 20 bucks just into like a good water Mm, bottle mm -hmm, definitely
1: yeah yeah yeah. um and a nice like yeah steel or glass one (laughs) yeah i i have been using steel a bit more than glass because i accidentally (laughs) break <laughs> one so there can be a bit of a hazard
0: the glass one <laughs> and especially before we move on from the trans fats too because i saw the study as well that consuming trans fats can increase your risk of depression by as much as 48 percent. Mm. yeah which is high it's just good to understand that because you know if you are feeling symptoms of depression it's just good to like it could be multiple things, yeah. but it's good just to understand like maybe it might be this, just yeah. so you can get an understanding of why you're feeling the way you are.
1: Exactly, yeah. And like um, a lot of these foods, like McDonald's, right, is a great example because it's got the refined sugar that we've talked about. It's got trans fats, all their mm. patties and that, and their chips are cooked in trans fats. And then it's got, um, they have like preservatives and colours and flavours added mm. and the, all of those things really – have an effect on your neurochemistry yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so definitely um just note that as well if you like eat something how you feel afterwards and go oh that might have been cooked in this or contained that and
0: yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah so interesting because the next one we're talking on is we've already i feel like we've already talked about the processed foods mm. but the part within that um is artificial sweetness yeah, yeah, yeah. and i feel like that is a big one because it's been linked to behavioural and cognitive problems. Yeah. And, like, yeah. even neuro neuropsychological symptoms too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: um, I'm glad that they're finally banning uh, aspartame, um, which is in – it's, like, in, like, a lot of zero sugar, like, soft drinks and chewing
0: gums. And I've seen that in, like, like the stuff. sugar-free syrup yeah. that, like, coffee shops yeah, do as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: there's sugar replacements. Because um, that one has been linked with cancer and um, – Or lots of other, like, yeah, like actual neurological diseases, like I think in maybe Alzheimer's and things like that as well. Um, And then, yes, huge on our behaviour, the way it affects our mood and our concentration and things like that. Um, But, yeah, they but the big thing is, like, with aspartame, it's very toxic as
0: Mm. well. Like, it's just, yeah,
1: it's cool. They've now linked it with cancer, so. Yeah, yeah. I had a
0: friend that would drink an excessive amount of Pepsi Max every Mm. day. And then after about two years, she ended up having to rush the hospital and have to get surgery because of the amount of, like, the re- sugar replacement. Yeah, she had. Yeah,
1: yeah. And also the other thing is with those um, sugar replacements is it is very confusing for the body. So mm. your taste receptors go, oh, this is um, sweet. In preparation for receiving a lot of sugar, we'll pump out a bit of insulin. But then it doesn't actually get any sugar. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you've just got, yeah, it can really mess with your um, like, blood sugar regulation and lead to, like, um, uh, hyperglycemia or diabetes and things like that. So any sort of, like, metabolic syndrome. So, yeah, they're they're just not great on all levels. (laughs) Because,
0: like, someone like myself, like, I love fizzy drinks, Mm. but I've replaced fizzy drinks with kombucha and sparkling water. Yes, yeah. Is that, (laughs) like, are they they good replacements? yeah, Yeah.
1: definitely, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, kombucha as well, like... um, uh, particularly like the strong brews, like they eat it, the bacteria eats the sugar. So the less sweet tasting it is, the more it's eaten it up. Because yeah. um, I used to make some of my own, and sometimes I'd just forget about it and leave it, and I'd be pretty much just drinking vinegar by the end. But yeah. it's like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. um And really great for gut health as
0: well. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And I feel like it probably needs moderation too. Like <laughs> you shouldn't drink too much, but yeah. <laughs> always moderation. Uh, yeah.
1: But I still think, like for instance, my mum. She will only drink water if it's fizzy, and um, you don't want to have like too much carbonated stuff, it can kind of have an effect on your bones and your gut health, and that. Yeah. But I still think it's better that she drinks water than like none at all, yeah. so <laughs> yeah, it's a good starting point, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: and um, I feel like we should move through to nutrient deficiencies. And yeah, I'm like personally keen to understand this a bit more because I feel like there is a lot of deficiencies mm-hmm. in the moment with. Not enough sunlight with a lot of the work being indoors, not Mm. being outside, not um, eating the right foods or Mm. drinks. And the first one that we wrote down was B1. Mm. So like it helps convert glucose or blood sugar into fuel. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. And it's going to help it um, get into the brain as well. So yeah, the B B vitamins are so essential and I think they're often overlooked. Like we focus a lot on like vitamin C and vitamin D and things like that, but the B vitamins are so good for your central nervous system, your stress response, and yeah, and B1 for giving you energy, like just straight up yeah. glucose into the body, um, into the cells. So yeah, B1 is really important. Um, and then we've got the folate and the B12, uh, which are probably the next like talked about and important. Is mm. um, They're really great for, they're part of the methylation process um so that is how your um body makes like a lot of different things um neurotransmitters how well it detoxifies how well it clears histamine out of the body Mm. um so if you don't like for instance you could be eating a good like diet and getting enough amino acids to make neurotransmitters but if you don't have enough b vitamins Mm. then you can't really like your methylation process won't happen and you can't actually create those neurotransmitters from the amino acids so um, they're really important, and it's really common to have those deficiencies because yep. these B vitamins they are water soluble, what we call water soluble vitamins. So we lose them through sweat and urine, and they just get out of the body that way, they don't really recirculate. Um, and so people um, are often deficient, um, particularly if they like we use up a lot, if we're stressed, um, if we're active, and all these things. So, um, yeah, I think that people can really notice as well when they start supplementing. Oh, I feel so much more energised or mm. my brain's a bit clearer and things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's really
0: important. Yeah, that makes sense because especially with B12, that makes sense to me now because I'm quite an active person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's probably why I was yeah. probably deficient in it, probably not eating enough of the foods that contain yes. the two, but yeah. that's probably a mixture of both.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, They're, they're really, uh, they found a lot in like meat and seafood and things like that. Um, and so I think that that's also a big factor of why when I started eating more meat as opposed to plant protein, I really noticed a difference yeah. in my mental health because I'm getting the cofactors as well that help me turn the protein into I stick with my hands too much, oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> hitting the mic. Um, yeah, that helped me. Yeah, turn it into actual like neurotransmitters, so my brain is working properly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: And like even with B six, because this was um interesting to me because it connects like the serotonin pathway mm. uh, with the trio. You know, I'm gonna butcher that but that word there. The tria. Tryptophan. Tryptophan. That's yes. it. Tryptophan. <laughs> yeah. So
1: yeah, tryptophan is um the precursor to serotonin so it gets converted into serotonin um so yeah you need it uh Mm. to help you utilize because you get um tryptophan from your foods yeah um it's in like bananas and chocolate and all this stuff and so you'll be getting the base material to create your serotonin but yeah if you don't have these b vitamins to turn it into that Mm. then
0: we're not getting that serotonin, yeah, <laughs>
1: which is bummer because <laughs> we need it to feel
0: happy. Hundred yeah. <laughs> I mean, percent. It's just yeah, it's so cool to understand this for on a mental health perspective, mm. but also just like as an overall well-being as humans. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Next one is magnesium, and magnesium. Mm. This is something that I have implemented into my life. I know a lady who has a magnesium spray and mm. roll-on mm-hmm. business, and she was just like religious to me yeah. to use magnesium, and then she gave me a bottle of magnesium, because I told her I struggled to sleep at night. Mm. She told her to spray it on the back of my legs and spray yeah. it on my feet every night. Like, it helps me sleep so much it's now. so good. I'm like, yes,
1: yeah. magnesium's another one that's made a huge difference in my life. Yeah. Um, it's one of the electrolytes, and it's a mineral um, that is also water-soluble. So we, again, lose it so much through stress, sweat, yeah. physical activity, all of that, and I would say most of the nation, if they're not supplementing, are deficient. Like yeah. Like, it's, yeah, one of the... Um, more common deficiencies and it's um, present in a lot of like uh, fruits and vegetables and people aren't really eating their fruits and veggies yeah. so they're not getting it a lot um, but yeah it's so important for relaxation mm. of both the muscles and the mind it's, it's like it's yeah and it's great for heart health as well helps yeah. with blood pressure and all of this it's just it's so great um, so yeah often people will like I've actually had people clients who the doctors have gotten to the point where they've diagnosed them with fibromyalgia, like end of the road, can't work out what's wrong with them. And I've said, okay, like while I'm waiting for tests, why don't we, um, I'll just give you some basic things, um, magnesium and that. And then after just giving them magnesium, mm. they're like, oh, I don't have any pain anymore. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> just because they're that deficient that their, their muscles are in agony, like to touch, like they've got mm. these fibromyalgia pain. And it's just a <laughs> severe magnesium deficiency. That's astounded me. Um, and so they don't need the diagnosis anymore. Um. Obviously, that is not always what causes fibromyalgia. It's very actually like a small part of it. Um. But yeah, it's just it when you don't have it, the body is just not happy, mm. not not, not that's, functioning. That's why magnesium baths mm. are so good. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Especially before bed, you're gonna sleep like a baby. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so,
0: what are the best ways to get magnesium mm. into your body?
1: It's one of the ones that I really do recommend supplementing, um, because our needs are just so high, particularly if you've got a stressful do- job or a physically active job, um, You like, it's going to be hard to get it through diet because also, like, our soils today are pretty depleted of the nutrients. So even if you are eating, like, a really um, healthy diet, like, sometimes even that's not enough. So magnesium is one that I recommend most people supplement. Of okay. course, like, talk to your doctor if you're on medication and all of that. But um, uh, there's, yeah, like, a few... Um, brands that are like really good that'll make like nighttime formula ones to help you sleep and daytime formula ones to like mm. help you active muscles and then of course had yeah, the baths and the rubs wow. the magnesium oil rubs that we do absorb a lot transdermally, like through our skin mm. um And that's really great, particularly if you're somebody who gets, like, physical cramps, like rubbing the magnesium directly onto the cramp. It's awesome. It really relaxes it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, like, because I was someone that struggled with sleep a lot and I Mm. think magnesium has worked best for me than anything I've tried. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah,
1: I love it.
0: (laughs) I feel like these next two are quite, probably the two most common I've seen personally Mm. in today's society. And we'll go one by one. But the first one is vitamin D. And I know, like, where I'm from in England, there's not Mm. much sun at all. Very Mm -hmm. rarely get exposure of it, even though you came through the clouds. But it might be a more of a watered down version of it. In Australia, you might have more access to it, but it still feels like not enough people are accessing Mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, I'd just like to hear your take on vitamin D
1: because we also have a lot of fear here, and rightfully so in Australia, like because we had the hole in the ozone layer that was so large for so long, we were getting like like we just have so much skin cancer Um, because most of us are from you know, it, Europe from England yeah. that have come in um, a few generations back and are getting just burnt to a crisp and forming these melanomas that are, like, yeah, really horrible for our bodies and our immune system. Um, so we're, like, got a good slip-slop-slap culture. <laughs> Vanilla boat. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, so that is good to prevent us getting these skin cancers, but also it's blocking us from getting vitamin D from the mm-hmm. sun. Um, so I would say, like there are actually some apps that tell you like the UV index of the day and like whether it's safe to get a little bit of a sun exposure. Hmm. And the best is to just like, um, you know, like early hours of the morning where it's a bit like gentler, yep. um, get it on your skin, particularly your, your stomach is where you absorb most. Yeah, um, well. So if you can get your belly out if it's not too cold, <laughs> <laughs> um, get some sun on there, then that'll, yeah, like help you um, get like, yeah, get it from the sun and convert it in the body yeah. into vitamin D, which is, so important for mm. so many things there are some foods um that help so cod liver oil that's kind of why i take it as well um and um mushrooms that have been left in the sun yep. they grow in the dark but if you harvest them and then put them in the sun for a little bit they absorb it they absorb the vitamin d and then if you eat it but not everybody has time to put their mushrooms <laughs> in the sun so <laughs> um cod liver oil is a great way to get it uh, just naturally um but it is something that I do think is really important to get tested regularly, like in a blood test, just to see your levels, because um, often in, in winter as well, you might need to supplement just to get your levels right. Um, and it's so important for uh, lots of different processes in the body, um, for your bone density and for your immune health, uh, for your brain health. So, yeah, it's a
0: really, really important vitamin. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you touched about doing the mornings because that's something I do Mm. now. Like, I do go shirtless in the sun in the mornings. The reason why I did it wasn't for vitamin D, (laughs) but I'm going to contribute that to it now. The original one was because of um, Andrew Huberman talks about, like, the circadian rhythm. So if you get sunlight in the eyes when you first wake up, it helps just that cycle so now it's cool to know i'm gonna double
1: yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah getting all of it yeah yeah the circadian rhythm that's another one that we it's one of the basics you know our water our food and sunlight mm. um that we've really lost touch with as well like yeah getting that sunlight in your eyes it's gonna help you produce the healthy amount of cortisol that you need in the morning and then help you produce the right amount of melatonin you need at night to go mm. to sleep Whereas a lot of us are like sleeping with blackout blinds and not getting up like with the sun and just bolting out the door and then staying on our phones all night and not getting letting melatonin creep up and just having the worst sleep. So <laughs> uh, I'm guilty of that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, like yeah, getting that sunlight—it's so so good for the circadian rhythm and double bonus with the vitamin D. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: why I love uh, Matthew Walker's work. Mm. He's like a specialist in sleep because yeah, I feel like the fundamentals is sleep eat and basically sunlight, nature and all that because yeah, I feel like we can try and do all the other hacks besides Mm -hmm. the fundamentals. I think it's cool to be able to start at the base and then work outwards from there.
1: And you'll find as well like sometimes I feel like clients perhaps might even be a little bit disappointed that I'm telling them something so basic but I'm like, no, please believe me, like if you master this, a lot of these other issues will – fall away yeah. and they do so long as soon as they start getting their sleeping right and they're eating right um and you know moving their body all these aches and pains and chronic lingering things are just dissolve. but of course there's sometimes it's hard to start that if you're mm. such in a chronic inflamed state so that's where the the herbs and the nutrients can kind of help push you in the right direction and then when you get yeah, have enough energy to actually start changing your lifestyle, then, everything falls into place. And it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think
0: it's important for um, people to know it's a journey mm. as well. Like, you know, things aren't going to happen overnight. You just got to trust the journey, yes. trust yeah. the process. It's it, and it's
1: always a long one. Like for yeah. however many years that you've been sick, you know, you can probably expect that there'll be not quite the same amount of years getting well, but like maybe half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need, need that amount of time to like really let the body adapt to a new way of living and change and feeling. So, mm.
0: yeah. 100%. And our last one is, and I see this one a lot, is iron, iron mm. deficiency. Yes. Um, could you please talk to us a bit about iron, the deficiency of it, and yeah. why it's occurring?
1: Yes. So iron is, well, the deficiency is really common in, in women mm. um, and people who menstruate because um, it's a big component of our blood. And so if you've got heavy periods, um, you'll be losing a lot of that. So it sometimes like it feels like as a woman like a constant battle that I'll get my stores up and then you know maybe you'll have like a really heavy bleed and then it's like I feel like I'm starting again and so um that's a common reason and then also um if you have any gut issues like and you're losing a bit of like um blood through your gastrointestinal tract which a lot of people do and they don't realize they might have an ulcer they might have um like a fissure or something like quite significant they can lose a lot of blood that way and that can Um, contribute to anemia and then also just not having it enough in your diet or not absorbing it well from your diet so um, iron essentially what it does in the body is that its main function is it it binds oxygen to your blood cells Mm. and then as your blood cells travel around your body it's delivering that oxygen to all different parts of the body and particularly the brain so brain fog is a huge one for iron deficiency or just absolute like mental fatigue, like mm. not even being having the energy to even think because um, you're literally starved of oxygen. Yeah, well. um, and so yeah, you can notice other things like your hair will fall out because um, oxygen is not going to those follicles and like mm. delivering nutrients and all of that. Um, and the body yeah, is kind of obviously not prioritizing as well because it's like we've got to put the nutrients to staying alive, not into growing hairs and nails yeah. <laughs> and skin and all of that. So, um, yeah, it, it's really important. It's important for the immune system as well um, in keeping your um, – yeah, delivering nutrients around and then also um, just having a good, like, resilience. So if you've got good iron levels, you'll have – better vitality better um blood pressure and all these things so you'll just feel a bit more vital and more resilient so um people can sometimes even eat enough like they'll be eating a lot of meat but they're not absorbing it mm-hmm. so that's another thing you need to work on um why is that why is your gut lining not breaking it down and absorbing it efficiently and it might be not. Enough stomach acids. So you can have lemon in the water, in your water <laughs> in the morning, um, and things like that, and help you break down the protein and get the iron out and around the body. Mm. Or you might not have enough cofactors, so um, copper and uh, vitamin C and a few other minerals help you break down and utilize iron as well. So um, it's not always just one thing. there's all all the vitamins and minerals always work together to yeah. get the vitamin or the nutrient to where it needs to be in the body. So mm. yeah. Yeah,
0: makes so much sense because yeah, I've seen iron, especially with a lot of the women in my life mm. or women that I've worked with, is mm. that they do struggle with iron deficiency. Yes. So, yeah, it's really interesting to know that when we talked about the um, the gut, how it might not even be as absorbing the nutrients. Yeah, and knowing that as well has been a big eye opener for me to yes. even understand on a personal level.
1: Definitely, yeah. yeah, iron is really important. I and I do think um, people who are in their like who are menstruating in their reproductive years, like they really should get it tested regularly because just a little bit of a drop and you'll just have a cascade of effects yeah. and just feel rubbish. So yeah. yeah, it's good to want to stay on top of for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I feel like I've learned so much today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is all of our topics done.
1: Yeah, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Do
0: you have any final words, or anything you'd like to say before we finish up or any other things you'd like to touch on?
1: I feel like there was something, but I've Got. Um, I spoke a little earlier about. Um,
0: Was it, oh genetic issues MTHF Oh yeah, yeah. I spoke oh.
1: a bit about that. Yes. Um, and so that is something that will also affect people's mental health big time, um, and also it's quite common with um, like you can sometimes see, like, I'll, I'll see it in when I'm taking someone's um medical history and family history and I'll, I'll see lots of mental illness in the family and, like, mm. I'll, I can almost predict sometimes that they've probably got, like, a mutation, okay. like this um, MTHFR gene mutation because it is so important for um, how well you detoxify and also, like, um, it's, it's really the methylation process, um, which the gene impairs, it impairs this process. That process is really important for, um, like, converting an amino acid called homocysteine into um methionine which is then used to make neurotransmitters and if those if you're not doing that then that homocysteine will get really high and that has a really big impact they've actually noticed high homocysteine with um behavioral issues in children and autism mm. and things like that and then also mental health and it's really bad for your heart health as well so having high homocysteine is more of a risk than smoking for having like major heart issues yeah, wow. um yeah so that is something that I really feel like should be talked more as well because it does affect 30% of the population. And, um, and once you start uh, uh, supporting that pathway and methylating better, which you can do through using activated B vitamins in, in a very careful way yeah. and clear, like helping the body detoxify because it affects your detoxification. So um, if your liver is not detoxifying well, then you've got toxins circulating around in your bloodstream which really makes you feel mm. mentally crap um and like also physically terrible so um often most of my clients actually who have chronic issues have this gene mutation mm. and once I start working on that pathway with them um everything begins to shift including like they're like I didn't even realize that I was so anxious or I was so depressed or whatever um and it's a big one with histamine as well um it, methylating properly helps you remove histamine from the body and so if you don't yeah. have it you get accumulation of histamine in the body which not only results in allergies and skin issues but it also really affects your brain because histamine in the brain is is really excitatory, and so it can contribute to um, insomnia and anxiety and irritability um i'll notice as well like when people have hay fever they'll be like i'm just this time of year when my allergies are marking up like i'm just so much more angry and i'm just so much more irritated and i'm and i'm not sleeping and um, not only is it annoying to have to blow your nose every three seconds, but it's also, yeah, the effect that histamines having on the brain. So, clearing, getting those pathways working, so it's clearing out, and um, and all these other processes are working. It's also really important for DNA replication, but that's a whole other wormhole. So, yeah, so that's another one that I guess that if people feel like they are stuck with their health and they're not getting answers, that's one thing that they should consider, um, particularly if they've got an overlapping of. Mental health and physical health mm. sort of issues. Um, getting that tested and then working on that
0: pathway is
1: probably a missing link for a lot of people. Yeah, sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that
0: makes sense because I mm. grew up with a lot of allergies. Mm. It's better now, but every now and then I'm triggered by like if someone's mowing the lawns, mm. you mm-hmm. trigger like that. Um, what's it called that? That response. To yes, it. yeah, get yeah.
1: histamine response. You can you can have allergies without having MTHFR, but. Um, if it's like a real chronic thing then yeah probably but you
0: know no, you might have it yeah, Exactly. <laughs> tell them do some research yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome is there anything else
1: i think that's it yeah
0: awesome well i just want to say thank you for coming on Oh, thank um, you. i'd like to give you the opportunity to let the audience know where they can find oh, you sure. how they can connect with you and your work because after today's episode like so much you went into it's awesome yeah. i guarantee people want to <laughs> reach out to you yes (laughs) yeah yeah,
1: well if you've made it this far thank you for listening everyone (laughs) um and uh, you can find me on instagram i'm omni underscore wellness i'm pretty sure that's me um and i work out of the well collective in tweed heads um we're a multi-modality clinic um we're fairly new and um i'm there three to four days a week and i would love to help you that's what you'd like help with so yeah
0: Awesome. I'll um I'll link it all in the bio as awesome. well, so people we can just go straight <laughs> yes. to it in case they get lost. But um okay. yeah, thank you for coming on thank today. Thanks so appreciate. much.
1: It's been a pleasure. No worries.
0: <laughs> Cheers, guys.